Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Katrina McGee. Katrina, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me. Can you please share a little bit about what you do? I would be happy to do that. So I am a career break and sabbatical coach. And so maybe not everyone knows what that means. Basically, I help people plan, execute, take fantastic, life-changing, mind-blowing career breaks and sabbaticals. And I work as a life coach, so I'm a certified life coach. So I like to think about it as a holistic experience. So I can do the consultative practical planning stuff, but I think taking a break is so much more than that. And when you do it with intention, I think that's when you unlock the full potential and the magic of taking a break. And so that's kind of what I fuse together. Beautiful. How did you get into this kind of work? Yes. Oh, so this was my story. This was my life that I lived. So I had a um, really traditional sort of corporate beginning and worked for eight years as an actuary and then ran away to business school to change direction and thought I would solve all of my problems just by getting my MBA. But it did not work out that way. (laughs) Yeah, did not work out that way. And I ended up switching to a second career as a market researcher. And when I started that very corporate job, It wasn't soon after being there that I really hit a wall. And I think for me, what is true, you know, and I've pondered this, even thinking about coming on to talk to you today about burnout and how I felt it. And I would say for me, it was largely emotional. I didn't have a lot of physical manifestations as, um, you know, some people do, but inside it was this sort of deadening experience. And it was almost like pieces Mm -hmm. of my soul were flaking off and floating away every single day. And I was just feeling a perpetual state of overwhelm. And so I remember having this day very clearly, you know, just sort of feeling like I was on the wrong path. I was not in alignment with what I wanted for myself, what the younger version of me dreamed of for myself. And I was just being sort of like, you know, like my spirit and my light was sort of being dampened by this corporate grind. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is exactly how it happens. I am 30 years old. And when I'm looking at my life, I'm going to blink, wake up, be 65 and wonder where my life went. Like what I felt in that moment, sort of the impact and the heaviness of this decision to just keep making do or just keep getting by or just, you know, keep suffering in silence. And so I, out of desperation, hired a life coach working with her and stripping away all the layers of what I thought I should do. I realized all I wanted to do was travel around the world. And so I saved $40,000 in 18 months because I had no money when I made this crazy plan of mine. And um, I quit my job and I traveled around the world for 20 months until I ran out of money. And what I learned, yeah, what I learned (laughs) in that break was was amazing and um, life-changing. And I came back to corporate to pay off my student loans, which I did in about two, a little less than two years. I paid off $42,000. And then I got certified as a life coach. And I ended up taking an unintentional second career break after starting my business. But then I came back to it full force a year and a half ago, about a year ago. And um, yeah, so I have been, you know, 
doing my thing, but I have had two very different career break experiences. I've coached more than 35 people through career breaks. And so what I find is there is something really powerful about putting your own struggle and your own sort of journey to good use to serve and and help other people. Mm, Absolutely. So 20 months of travel right now with everything happening in the world, I'm sure people are feeling what I'm feeling and just thinking, wow, I would give anything to do that. That must have been an incredible experience, probably something we can't even, you know, cover in a podcast episode. But what were some of the highlights of that break and some of the insights you had about yourself during that time? Yeah. So I think one of the highlights for me was just so pure and simple, but it was realizing how good humanity is. You know, I live in the US and I think a lot of times like news and you know just like what people choose to talk about and focus on can be really negative and just mm-hmm. it can weigh you down. Like and and it's yeah. not even that it's right or wrong to judge it, but it's just really heavy. And I think, you know, living in that bubble, I just started to feel like the world is not this not this good place. And when I was traveling, one of the insights I had was being a foreigner in so many different places and having so many people that had absolutely like no benefit to helping me like step in to help me in different ways or to want to get to know me or just show me some kindness, like a random stranger. It was heartwarming. And I think it just gave me this buoyed sense of comfort to know that there's so much good in the world that I had sort of like blocked out and couldn't see while I was like angrily running on my hamster wheel, like working my nine to five, you know? And that was, that was like, that was such a beautiful thing to experience. And I think as far as like travel and, and things like that go, being in Provence was exceptional. I love food so much. And I went there just to eat and I spent a crazy amount of money in two weeks yeah. there, but yeah. I was eating all of the food. Oh, I was like, so I will great. drink the wine. I will eat yes. all the food. Just give it to me. And it was really fantastic. And I think one of the other highlights, because this is one of my favorite places, was spending three weeks traveling from North to South in Vietnam, which was a place I had heard like mixed reviews on. And I was really scared to go. I almost didn't go. But I, um, you know, I decided that I wanted to go eat there and I wanted to see it for myself. And I'm so yeah. glad I did because it became one of my most favorite places. Oh, beautiful. I have heard some really lovely things about there. Yeah, I've had a few friends that have been. So definitely on the to-do list, hopefully someday when the world can travel again, that's for sure. Yes. So at all of the breaks that you coach your clients through as long and as wonderful as this, or do you help people that, you know, have a tiny budget or just really need a break from, you know, like you said, that nine to five grind, just so they can freshen their mind and, and get some energy and life back? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. So most of my clients take between six to 12 months off. You know, there's the outlier that takes a little less or a little Mm -hmm. more, but I would say six to 12 months is probably the average. But I have to say during this pandemic, you know, I'm a purist. I want, I want to, I wish I could gift everyone six to 12 months off because I really believe that full process and disconnect and sort of letting go is so powerful. But I really recognize that so many of us right now collectively need a break of sorts. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I am starting to uh, expand how I show up and serve people because a lot of the principles I teach my clients taking six to 12 months off would be applicable to somebody that is either an entrepreneur or, you know, that just doesn't have the time or the money to take a big long break at this point. How can they plan, you know, a 14 day one month break where they're getting restored and they're getting what they need, but they're not necessarily needing to take a half a year or a year off? 
Sure. Yeah. Amazing. I think everyone, yeah, like you said, needs a bit of that right now, regardless of, of the situation. So I'd imagine it would be very empowering sort of work and fulfilling work that you would do. It really is. And when you, I mean, even before they get to go on the break, when you see somebody who, you know, believes that it's not possible or believes that there are so many reasons why they can't do it, start to make a plan and realize that it's possible. That is like one of the best feelings. And then of course, when they give their notice that like when they get so excited and they tell their job what they're doing, like I celebrate so hard with them for that. Yeah. Amazing. So how do you take care of yourself and what does your downtime look like? Oh, yeah. So, goodness, I, you know, I have to give myself permission. I think I'm always evolving and I view it as an experiment. How can I best take care of myself? Because I like to make things right or wrong when I'm not being, you know, really open and experimental. Um, I'm like, well, this didn't work. I'm doing it wrong. But really, I think it's always evolving. But one of the things I really love and I, I didn't forget, but I kind of walked away from it and recently have restarted it is having a morning routine, having a routine that grounds you, even if it's really simple. It's so ridiculous how so, how something so simple can be so powerful, but it really yeah. is. And it sets a tone for every single day. And so for me, like that is self-care to the max is setting an intentional morning routine and it changes, right? Like I, I'm always checking in to see what's working, what's not, but I love that. And I also have really, now that it's warm here in the US, I've really um, been enjoying warm walks in the afternoon just to get out, get some sunshine and break up my day and kind of step away from the computer screen. Yeah, lovely. So what do you do if you do feel some overwhelm creeping in or or the stress levels increasing? What's your first thing? Yeah, I'm going to be super honest, Jess. My first thing is to have a meltdown. Like I just, I let the feelings come out, right? Like I have realized that's just part of my personal process. And so again, if I can have it and not make myself wrong, it puts so much less pressure on me to be like, you're doing it wrong, Katrina, you're a life coach. Why are you having a meltdown? (laughs) You know, but yeah, it's really like the first step. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful to just be able to say like, I'm not, and it it does take that sometimes for us. We don't always see the symptoms, the early warning signs creeping in, but also sometimes I think we choose to ignore them because we think we have to get this done. This has to be finished. This person's waiting on this. So I'm, pushing myself to get this done this week or whatever it is we set these massive expectations on ourselves so I think sometimes it does take you know hitting the wall and falling apart for you to go okay cool I needed to do that it's out of my system how can I be better now and like you said it's not right or wrong it just it is yeah. Yes. It's so that you said that so well. And I think the recovery period is so much shorter when there's no drama about beating yeah. yourself up for yes. having that be part of your process. You just do it and then you move on. And so that usually, you know, if it's a big sort of overwhelm point, that will happen. Like there might be tears or just angry feelings and sure. kind of a meltdown. But then I think I switch into priorities. So for me, one of the things is I feel like I'm a type A overachiever. I want to do everything and I want to do A plus work. Work. And yep. so I think, <laughs> I think yeah, and so, yeah. Yeah, can, yeah, exactly. And it's yep. hard to let go. So yes. when I can get really grounded and what's the one thing that matters the most, right? Because it feels like everything matters, but what's the one thing that matters the most? Can I start there? And can I give myself permission to do B plus work? You know, it's really lessening the stakes because yeah. sometimes yeah. that overwhelm is because it feels like the stakes are so high. My whole life yeah. is riding on this, you know? Exactly. And we only bring ourselves to that point. Generally, there's not someone else going, you 
have to deliver this quality of podcast today yeah. or blog <laughs> right. article or whatever it is that you're pushing onto yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in all of the episodes I've done, not one person has said that as a response. I thank you for your honesty. No one's just gone, yeah, I totally fall apart. And then I, I get up and I get on with it. So thank you for sharing that. I'm really happy to hear that response because that's real, right? We can't yeah. all be perfect and go, oh, I'm just going to step away from my laptop right now. I'm just going to go I'm meditate. I'm a little yeah. bit overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work for everyone. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So, you spoke about a time in your life that you were sort of suffering this ongoing burnout and this knowing of self that things weren't okay and you, you weren't happy. Was there anything you could do for yourself in those steps before knowing that you were going to take this epic break? Was it just the idea of planning something even that that kind of made you start to feel a bit better? Oh, that's such a good question. So like I said, I'd started working with a life coach. So I think one of the things was, you know, really learning the tools, like like the things that we're talking about, right? Like giving mm. yourself to permission to just be where you are and to accept it and, and not make yourself wrong, right? Or realizing that, you know, struggle is part of the process and that it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong if things feel hard. I think yeah. there was a lot of reframing about what is really a problem and what is the thing that's really worth getting upset about or can I just mm. think about it differently and feel more ease with it? I think that really helped. But I think, you know, in planning a break, one of the things, one of the foundational things that I do with my clients in the very beginning is I make them work on creating a very short and articulate and succinct purpose. And Mm -hmm. then articulating like the two to four things that they need to get from a break, which we call themes. And so... I think grounding yourself in why you're doing this, why it matters, why you need this, and then mm-hmm. like what it is that you really want to get from it. Like what is success to you? Is it learning? Is it adventure? Is it recovery? Is it, you know, restoration? Is it, you know, wellness? And so being clear on what you need from it, I find that that is inspirational and sort of uplifting in itself because you're getting back in touch with you, right? Grounding in what you need. And then you know that you're taking action to really, truly give yourself what you need and you start to get more clear on what that that sort of possibility could be. And so for me, you know, that was really sort of like I'm getting myself out of this mess, right? I'm in a mess and I don't exactly know how, but I know I'm doing and showing up for these things and I know why it matters and and for me that gave me some comfort. Mm. Yeah, I'd imagine just even having that idea of something, you know, bigger and better to think about and and yeah. work towards must have provided mm-hmm. some relief. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What are you most excited about in your life right now? Oh, I love that question, Jess. (laughs) I have like, I think two things, a personal and a professional. So, you know, for me, my, my work is my mission. Like having more people give themselves permission to take a break and realize that it's actually like the other side waiting for you is so much better than than the side you're currently on, even though it doesn't feel that way or maybe doesn't always look that way. So one of the things I'm super excited about is like I had mentioned, you know, I think for the last, you know, several years that I've been coaching people on taking breaks, I've really focused on that six to 12 month window of time, which I'm still a huge advocate for. But, you know, we're creating two workshops and they're going to be sort of like, 
like shorter, you know, shorter doses of the best of what I know. And I'm excited because I've never done a workshop before in that sort of condensed format. And so it's going to be for people that don't want to work with me for six months or can't afford, you know, don't have the time or the resources maybe at this point to work with me for six months, but want to know all of the things. And I'm going to do a workshop for people that want to take six to 12 months, but also I'm going to do one for shorter break. And so I've just been dreaming up. It's like, I love to create from an inspired place. And so I'm making this fun. I'm not making it work. I'm making it fun. And so I find that I'm having all these ideas when I'm thinking about it and it gets me excited. And then on a personal note, I'm super grateful to be fully vaccinated and just the idea of being able to like hug my friends again. There's been some people I've been able to see and have contact with. It's just the most exciting thing. And to even be making plans to see other friends, even though I can't maybe do it in this moment, you know, it just feels like what a gift. So Mm. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's huge right now. I think people are just, um, you know, last year, obviously, but this year still, it's just ongoing. People are just a craving for affection and and connection, you know, with their loved ones again. So it's nice that finally some people are being able to to have that. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So what keeps you up at night? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I feel like generally I'm a pretty restful person. Like I am pretty exhausted and like 930, I'm like, oh, is it bedtime yet? Is it bedtime yet? But I think, you know, what keeps me up and sort of like um, conceptually what I'm thinking about, like stirring Mm. me awake, you know, I think honestly being an entrepreneur, at least, you know, at the current stage I'm in, I'm always thinking about how can I serve my clients better and how can I make, make my business even better? And so I think it's kind of like, it's the good and the bad, right? It's the inspired, exciting ideas. But then it's also sometimes the self-doubt of like, am I doing this right? Or mm-hmm. should I have done this? Or should I be focusing on this? Or should I be investing in this course? Or should I be, you know? And so I feel like sometimes, you know, like there's no roadmap. Like you yeah, figure it out when you are the boss. Yeah. And so it's amazing and freeing. And it's also kind of overwhelming sometimes. Definitely. So I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole um, idea of decision fatigue, you know, that yeah. a lot of people yeah. are dealing with on a daily basis. So many mm-hmm. Options and yeah, availability to accessibility, I guess, to information and ideas and education. And there's so much yes. to take in. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, wonderful. So, what's something you've done that you're most proud of, Katrina? Oh, this is such a good question. So, one of the things I'm really proud of, which is a little bit nerdy, but when I started my first career, I had no idea what an actuary was. And I just accepted the job kind of having a general sense of what it was, but I didn't really know. But I was a math major and they recruited me. So I did it. Well, you have to take these exams and these exams are no joke. At the time I took them, I mean, it's been it's been over a decade, so I'm not sure how much they've changed, but you were on a forced curve. So they were only passing like 25 to 35% of the people who took the exam at any one sitting. So you could study and study and be amazing. And they'd be like, sorry, 25% of the people were smarter than you, so you fail. And mm-hmm. I failed that exam the first two times, the first exam, because it's a series and you have to study. I think it's like, I don't know, hundreds of hours. They give you days off of work to study. So it's like you're working a really demanding job and then you're studying into the night and on the weekends, Mm -hmm. you have no life essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was really painful, but Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to quit so badly after that second failure because I don't like to fail. (laughs) Like that does not feel good. I am not a fan (laughs) of that. And, um, I have a, I I had a younger brother who really believed in me. And I remember telling him I was going to quit. And I was like, yeah, I think this job just isn't for me. These exams suck. And he looked at me and he was like, 
you're my sister. And my sister is not a quitter. He was like, you're so smart. He was like, you just need to study harder. And I wanted to just shake him and be like, it's not, it's harder than you think it is, Philip. But he was my younger brother. I took it right. And I really sat with it though. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it another shot. And I, I passed that exam. And then I went on, you know, to pass the next three, which were all of the math ones in the the first sitting. And I was just, that was such an accomplishment for me because it wasn't something that came easy to me. And I had to Mm. dig so deep to really like make that happen. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I bet the, the feeling knowing that you'd done it at the end would have just been incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. To know what you're capable of, right? To look back and be like, whoa, I'm capable of so much more than I think I am. Yeah, absolutely. So I normally ask my guests a final question around one piece of advice that you'd share with someone listening today who's going through burnout themselves. But I just want to reframe this one a little bit. So given there's so many people you know, in the world right now who are either have been forced on into a break because they're, you know, there's companies I know are putting people off uh, due to the pandemic and, and the world is just being flipped on its head a little bit. So for people that have been, you know, put onto a break without having that choice and for those that are, you know, the opposite of that, that are stuck in the grind, they're freaking out that they're going to lose their job. So they're working harder, they're working longer hours, you know, they're trying to impress and and pushing themselves to burn out themselves. What What's something that these two different people, to be two different acts, as I'd imagine, something they can do for themselves to, to give themselves a bit of a break and take that pressure off? I love the ideas that you've been able to come to over the years through working with the life coach yourself and the work that you've done in being able to reframe and and go B plus is okay doesn't have to be A plus and I I kind of like shifted my chair a little bit when you said that <laughs> I, I, I need to get I need to do some work on that myself but what could you give do you have any kind of advice that you could give to these these people to give themselves that break you know that to feel like they're getting that getaway even if they can't physically do it right now. Yeah. So I think to the people that have been let go, you know, we are, we are in control of, you know, how we show up for a moment. We're maybe not in control of the moment we end up in, but we're in control of the moment we show up in. And so you are worthy. Your job is not your full identity. It is not who you are. Right. And so having that experience, I've coached people who have, you know, sort of involuntarily ended up on a break. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, to those people, I would say like reclaim your power, right? Get centered on this is the fact, this is the circumstance. How do I make sure I'm getting what I need? Do I know what I need, right? Like if I'm in this, instead of just scrambling to find the next thing or beating myself up for being in this situation or just feeling really sorry for myself, which none of those are wrong, right? But they're just not Mm. productive. So it's like, can you get centered in, okay, well, if this is the situation, I actually am going to take two weeks off to not beat myself up and take a really long nap and to just relax and to take walks and to really like focus on me. And then I would like to start networking. And then I would like to update my resume. And then I would like to go, you know, back into the, into the search. I think we feel this immense sense of pressure to always be doing. And if we didn't choose the rest, we can feel so much shame around that or so much like this, just like need to get out and do something. And, you know, we have full control over that experience and that Mm -hmm. time. And you have the right to stop and to use this time for yourself. For the people that are, you know, grinding it out and aren't, feeling like they're able to take a break, you know, find some way to disconnect. I think 
there really is no compromise for your mental health, right? And your state of well-being. And so if you can't take a six-month break, if you can't take a one-week break, when you are able, right, take a day off and really own it. Like, don't feel guilty. Don't let like the shoulds pile up on you. Don't like, don't even do the dishes if you don't want to, right? Like truly just live in a day asking yourself, what do I need right now? And if you need a walk, go take a walk. And when you finish the walk, come back to yourself and say, what do I need right now? And if the answer is ice cream, go get some ice cream and then ask yourself again, I've had my ice cream. What do I need right now to call a loved one and feel some connection, right? So like really, truly just serving yourself, even in these smaller pockets of time, because, you know, you got to come back to yourself. You've got to remember that you're worth the time, you're worth the energy, we're humans, not machines, right? And so I think as much as we can nourish ourselves, because nobody else can do that for us, then, you know, we can find a little bit of restoration in that. Beautiful. What a powerful and uh, meaningful piece of advice of both of those situations. There's, there's so much that we can do for ourselves when we feel like, you know, we've lost control of some situations. There are There's so much importance in coming back to self and um, giving yourself permission, like you said, which is, yeah, amazing. So thank you so much. Amazing advice. You're so welcome, Jess. That was a great, yeah, that was a great question. So thank you for asking that. Oh, pleasure. It's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you today and I appreciate your time. Um, We'll put your details in the show notes so people can find you and follow you and uh, hopefully reach out if they need a sabbatical from their own job. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you. You asked some great questions. Thanks, Katrina. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Katrina McGee. She had so much energy. I was completely vibing off that. I hope you felt it too. If you are looking for some support with managing or avoiding burnout yourself, the Breaking Up With Burnout mini course is available now. You'll get access to three modules that cover life, work and burnout, which you can move through at your own pace. For more info, head to the link in our show notes or go to theburnoutclub.com slash breakingupwithburnout. Take care and I shall chat to you very soon. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.